1: Welcome to the pastor's study. For this half an hour, let's memorize a Bible verse together. And would you say these words out loud after me? Romans ten nine. If we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved let's say the whole thing is really if you confess if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved one more time Romans ten nine. if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. That's a very important verse from the book of Romans. What I'd like to do for this half hour is take you verse, or excuse me, word by word through that one verse to learn all that we can. Let's pray first. Father, we do want to pray if anyone watching this program is not yet confessing Jesus as their Lord, that they would come to do that even today, Lord. And those of us who are Christians, that you will just strengthen our resolve to be very public with our faith, to be more public and Let more people know who we stand for and who we stand with. God, speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. If is the first word of Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If, that word means salvation is conditional. If you confess Christ, you're saved. If you don't confess Christ, you're not saved. Now, sometimes you hear preachers talk about the unconditional love of God, that God loves everybody unconditionally. And if they mean by that that we're saved by the grace of God alone, not by our good works, then I agree. If they mean by that that God has huge love for us sinners, then I agree. But the word if means God's salvation is conditional. If you confess Christ, you're saved. If you don't confess Christ, you're not saved. There is an awful heresy going around our uh, churches these days, and the heresy is called universalism. It goes like this: Everybody will go to heaven because God loves everybody unconditionally. You'll see Adolf Hitler in heaven because God loves everybody, and there is everybody goes to heaven. Christian, Jew, you know, Buddhist, atheist, every. Uh, No, that's not what Romans chapter 10 verse 9 teaches. If you confess Christ, you're saved. If you don't, you aren't. Um, I'm a Lutheran. The congregation I served in, I used to be part of what's called the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the big liberal branch of Lutheranism. We left it years ago. One of the many reasons we left and went to a more biblical branch of Lutheranism is because in some of our ELCA seminaries and churches, they teach universalism. So we go years ago to our liberal Lutheran convention, and the pastor is preaching on the Lutheran-Jewish dialogue. And the Lutheran pastor tells us the Jews are saved. Old Testament Jews are, the Jews are saved by the Old Testament. Christians are saved by the New Testament. A friend and I went up afterwards, and my friend said, but the New Testament says Jew or Gentile, everybody has to believe in Christ to be saved. And, and the pastor said, no, everybody will be saved. And my friend says, well, okay then, Pastor, why does the Bible talk about hell? And the pastor said, there is no hell. <laughs> and we're thinking, oh, so Jesus was wrong when he preached on the reality of hell? And Pastor, you're right. You know, and this is called the, the, the heresy of universalism says everybody's saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. The word if means your salvation is conditional on your faith in Christ. Next word. If you, the word you there is the singular pronoun, it's not you plural. If, if you singularly confess Christ. So the next lesson is salvation is personal. Now and then you'll ask somebody, are you a Christian? Oh yes, I was raised in a fine Christian home. My grandparents were Christians. My parents were Christians. And uh, No, no, that's not the question. Are you individually following Jesus right now? There's a saying. God has no grandchildren, meaning your mom and dad can't believe for you, you personally need a personal relationship with Christ to be saved. You know, years ago here was an elderly couple of of the church I served, and they were in church every Sunday. Dad was an usher. But one day the daughter came to me, and I think these parents were in their seventies or eighties, and she said, you know Tom, never once in my life have I seen my parents pray and that, that worried me. You know, can you be a Christian and never pray? I don't think so. Do you have a personal relationship? If you singular, you personally have to have a relationship with Christ. If you, next word, confess with your lips. Next lesson is salvation is a public thing. Salvation is public. Why, Pastor, you know, no, I think religion is a personal, private thing, and I never ring out at work, and I never tell anybody I'm a Christian. I don't want to offend people. I, I just think it's between me and Jesus, and it's just, I don't have to talk about it. It's just, a, listen, if your Christianity isn't public, it isn't Christianity. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. If your Christianity isn't public, it ain't Christianity. <laughs> I mean, periodically on Good Friday, I will go to the Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in St. Paul, and me and a bunch of other uh, pastors and lay people get up and we pray, we sing hymns, and I'll preach a little bit, and other pastors will preach. It's hard for me to go there. You can feel the spiritual battle going on in front of an abortion clinic, it's a horrible place but I force myself to go periodically, because I want my faith to be public. Have you gone public with your faith? Do your friends know you believe in Jesus? It's crucial. Uh, here's a young woman, I think she was like 16 years old, uh, from the church I served. She was talking to her friend at her locker about Jesus. A student walks by and, and says, you can't, this is a public high school, you can't talk to her about Jesus. She thought he was kidding. And she, she kept talking to this gal. He takes his fist and he slugs her in the, in the mouth and hits her down on the floor. <laughs> but Jill, was her name, neat Christian, 16-year-old, gets up and is nice to the guy. So nice to the guy that she eventually brought him to my church. And I think I remember the story. He came to know Christ. Listen, we are entering a period in American history where it's becoming very hard to stand up and say, I believe in Jesus, I believe unborn children should be protected, I believe marriage is one man, one woman, I believe these other things are sin. It's getting harder and harder in our culture to be a public Christian. Do it anyway. If you confess with your lips, next words, Jesus is Lord. You know that's the earliest creed. It's found in the very New Testament itself, the three words, Jesus is Lord. Some people think the Apostles' Creed is the oldest creed, and it's, it's the oldest big creed. It goes back to about 250 A.D., I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. But the earliest creed is just three words, Jesus is Lord. So here's the next lesson. Salvation means lordship salvation. Now and then I'll hear somebody give a testimony, and they'll say, well... I I accepted Jesus as my Savior 20 years ago, but it wasn't until five years ago that I made him Lord of my life. And do you know that that's not the way it works? It doesn't say if you believe in the Savior Jesus, you'll be saved. You need to believe in the Lord Jesus to be saved. In other words, um, if he isn't your Lord, he's not your Savior. I heard a preacher say once, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes into a human life, he does not come in to sit on the floor. He comes in as the Lord or he doesn't come in. Here is a couple that wants to get married at the church that I served. And I have a policy. If you're living together, I won't marry you. Now, if you'll repent, Live apart, ask God's forgiveness, and I can do marriage counseling. Then I'll marry you. But if you if you want me to bless you shacking up and and fornicating before the wedding, I'm not going to do it. So it's right there in our marriage policy. But this young woman sees our church; it's a pretty church, and she wants to get married there. So we send her out the marriage policy. It says right there because First Corinthians six says fornicators won't go to heaven. We urge you to repent and won't do the wedding unless you repent, etc. So. She sends in the form, and she and her boyfriend have the same address, and I called her. I said, well, you know what the policy is? Unless you guys are willing to repent, I'm not marrying you. Well, no, but we want to talk to you anyway. So they come into my office, and I said, okay, well, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11 says fornicators won't go to heaven. And what you're doing, you're living in sin, you're having sex outside of marriage. That's a sin in God's eyes. I want you guys to go to heaven. Are you willing to repent and turn from this sin, live apart, and then I'll, I'll counsel you? And, the, and, and No, no, but I, I, the, 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 girl's, the girl's point to me was, uh, you know, Jesus is my Savior. And my point to her was, if he's not your Lord, he's not your Savior either. And while I'm saying all this, the boyfriend, the fiance just starts squirming like crazy in his seat. You could tell he wanted out of the room <laughs> and finally i'm I'm normally not this bold. I looked at him I said, "You're not liking this, are you <laughs> and and You know what they wanted? They wanted this cheap Christianity where as long as I pray a prayer and ask Jesus into my heart, I can live like the devil, but I'm still saved. And I tried to say, 1 Corinthians 6, don't be deceived. Uh, Fornicators, etc., homosexuals, thieves, greedy, robbers, revilers will inherit the kingdom of God? Not. Never saw them again. They never followed through and never repented, to my knowledge. But my point is, If you confess Jesus, not as Savior, if you confess Jesus as Lord, and that means, Lord means that I confess He's God. I believe Jesus is God in human form. But the word Lord also means master. That means He's the ruler of my life. And yes, I know, even after we're saved, after we're born again, we still sin daily in thought, word, and deed. I know. But there's a difference between sinning and repenting and living in impenitent sin. You can't do the latter and be saved next words if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart alright next lesson notice it doesn't say believe about you have to believe in Jesus to be saved Uh, so here's the next lesson lots of people believe about Jesus they won't be saved you have to believe in Jesus to be saved let me explain what that means years ago a, a professor at my christian college said i sent a round-trip air ticket to my dad in los angeles he's an older man he's never flown a plane i said dad come visit me in minneapolis my dad sent the ticket back thank you son but i don't believe in those airplanes and i think i'll just stay here safe on the ground in l.a the, the professor sent him back the, dad i fly in planes twice a week uh, with all the preaching i do uh... planes are safer than an automobile come visit me. And the professor said for the first time in his life, his dad walked up the plank of an airplane, sat on the airplane, landed safely in Minneapolis, visited his son, went back, landed safely in Minneapolis. And the professor made this point. Before that day, dad believed all about airplanes. He knew they were out there and that they went up and came down. But he never believed in an airplane. He never put his life into the hands of an airplane. That's what the Bible means when it says, believe in Jesus and you will be saved. There are lots of people that believe about Jesus. They know he's out there and he's up in heaven somewhere, but they don't believe in Jesus. They've never said, Lord Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm putting my life in your hands to bring me salvation. If you believe in Jesus, you will be saved. Next words. If you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in, next words, your heart. Notice it doesn't say your head. To be saved, you have to believe in Jesus in your heart. So here's the next, next lesson. Salvation is not just a head thing. It's a heart thing. I have a friend named Sib. He and I were buddies years ago in, in college. We were in the same Bible study. You should have heard Sib pray. He was, just had the sweetest prayers as a college student. Well, he drifts away from the Lord, and he leaves Christianity. And for years, we're talking like 35 years, he had nothing to do with the church. And now and then I try to witness to him, and I said, Now, Sib, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? And I remember him hesitating and he finally said, well, yes, I guess I still believe it's true, but I'm not a Christian. (laughs) There's an example of someone who believes in his head that Jesus rose from the dead. He doesn't believe it in his heart because believing in your heart means you let it change your life. One day they were starting a new church in a neighborhood and a church worker was going door to door handing out postcards of that famous picture of Jesus knocking on the door. Well, the mother of the house, this house didn't go to church, but the, the mother of the family thought it was a pretty picture, puts it on the refrigerator. That night at dinner, the little girl says, Daddy, who is that man, and why is he knocking on that door? And the father didn't want to discuss it, so he ignored her. No, Daddy, who is that man, and, and why is he knocking on the door? <laughs> the father says, Well, that, honey, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's change the subject. He changes the subject. He, no, okay, Daddy. That's uh, Why is he knocking on that door? <laughs> and finally dad says, well, that's the door of your heart and Jesus wants to come into your heart. And he changed the subject again. Finally, the little girl says, Daddy, why don't they let him in? And that question haunted the father for the next six days. The whole family was in church on Sunday. <laughs> See, to be saved, it's, you don't believe in Jesus in your head. It's got to be also in your heart. It's got to change you. It's got to mean something. If you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, next words, that God raised him from the dead. Here's the next lesson. Salvation happened at the resurrection. You know, normally we think salvation happened when Jesus died on the cross, and it did. But listen to this verse from 1 Peter chapter 1. By God's great mercy, we have been born again to a living hope. When did that happen? through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words, if somebody asks you, when were you born again? A lot of times, well, when I was 17 or when I was 26. Or The best answer, we were born again to a living hope. When did that happen? According to 1 Peter 1, when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So salvation happened at Easter, at the resurrection of Christ. Now, I... I, I attended Luther Theological Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, pretty liberal seminary. I remember years ago, one of our students in, in one of the classes puts his hand up and says, says to Dr. Frost, an old Lutheran pe- uh, professor who loved the Lord, Dr. Frost, do you have to believe in the literal resurrection of Jesus from the dead to be saved? And old Dr. Frost said, you don't play with that one, son. <laughs> and you know, sadly, in many of our seminaries, professors and students don't believe in Jonah and the fish, they don't believe in Noah and the ark, they don't believe in Adam and Eve, but, and they should, but the one you don't play with, you have to believe Jesus rose from the dead to be saved, otherwise Christianity falls apart. Last words, if you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be, last word is, saved. And I want you to notice the tense of the verb, you will be saved. So here's the last lesson today. Salvation is future. There is a present tense of salvation. If you read the Gospel of John, he talks about how we are presently saved through Christ. So it's already here but in this verse it's future because the big future event the big salvation event is at the end of time i will tell you that one day i was about to preach and a, a man in my church said tom how long is eternity for and i said well eternity means forever and he said Eternity is this huge mountain made out of solid diamond, the hardest substance on earth. Once every hundred years, a little bird flies by and rubs its beak just once on the top of the mountain. He flies away. Hundred years later, the same bird comes back, rubs its beak once on the top of the mountain, flies away. Hundred years later, the same bird comes back. And he said when that huge solid diamond mountain is worn all the way down to nothing, the first day of eternity has passed. Hmm. Have you ever thought of this? When you die, according to the Bible, you'll spend all eternity in either heaven or hell, and it will never, ever stop. Do you know why it's so important that you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead so you will be saved? That means so you go to heaven for eternity and not hell for eternity. And if you're watching this show and you you don't trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you're not following him, you need to do that and you need not to put that off because you could die of a heart attack tonight. Let's let's put it all together. If means salvation is conditional on whether you believe in Christ or not. If you, singular, it's a personal thing, if you confess with your lips your Christianity has to be public or any Christianity that Jesus is Lord, that means you believe Jesus is God, and you believe that he is the master of your life, Jesus is Lord. If you confess with your lips, uh, Jesus is Lord, and believe in, not believe about Jesus, but you have to believe in Jesus, where? Not in your head, in your heart. It's got to change your life. If you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you don't doubt the resurrection, then you will be saved. That means that huge mountain coming called all eternity, you'll go to heaven instead of hell. Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the Pastor Study, where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, can we go a little further with what you've just talked about? You said that salvation is conditional upon our believing and confessing, but then does that mean our salvation depends on us? Mm -hmm. I thought it
1: depended totally on God's grace. And you wanna, I, I want to say it does. We are saved 100% by the grace of God. That, that same professor that I just talked about, I remember him saying in class once, I am glad my salvation depends 100% on Jesus and not this much on me, because he said, I have trouble doing this much. See, if my salvation depends this much on me, I'm in trouble because I'll blow it. I love the teaching of the book of Romans, that we're saved by the grace of God, not by what we do. So. If you have to believe in Christ to be saved, isn't that something I do? And the answer is no. Yeah. That's, not, that's something the Holy Spirit did in my heart. 1 uh, Corinthians 11, is it? Uh, 10 says, you can't say and mean Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So, yes, Jackie, you need to repent to be saved. You need to believe in Christ to be saved. Those things, though, are gifts of God that he works in me. It's not something I do.
2: Okay, you also said that salvation has to be public. Yeah. So, question for you. If Christians deny Christ under persecution, yeah. will they still be saved?
1: You know, that, in the early church, the fr- first 300 years of Christianity, we were thrown to the lions in the Roman Colosseum. You know, we were, the first 300 years of Christianity, Rome tried to wipe out our religion because mm-hmm. we wouldn't worship Caesar. And early in the history of the church, that question was asked: Will these people that do deny Christ, but then they repent and come back to Christ, do you let them back into the church? And ultimately, the church said yes to that. Can you think of a New Testament example of why, Jackie? Someone who denied Christ and they let him back in the church. Peter? Peter. (laughs) So if you've got got St. Peter being let back into the church, you better let these other people. And so, yeah, yeah, Jackie, you know, my hope is America is really going down the tubes, and Christians are starting to be persecuted here if they won't, you know. there's, there's, There's a photographer in... Uh, New uh, Mexico who was fined like $4,000 because she wouldn't do a lesbian wedding. And, and you know so it's just starting. Catholic Charities had to close down their adoption programs in Massachusetts because they won't give orphans to gay couples and, and so there's starting to be persecution in America now in the church. Not much. We don't have it like North Korea by any means, but it's starting. I hope, Jackie, I would let them kill me before I would uh, compromise on Christ. But, and I pray for the persecuted Christians once a week, and I pray, God, may they not deny you, but if they do, may they repent, may you forgive them, and may you take them back.
2: Okay, I have another question, too, because, so you know, um, you talked about having a life-changing experience and having to be born again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not everybody has to be born mm-hmm. again. I mean, no. if you
1: Well, have you have to be born again, but you don't have to know when it happened. Okay. You know, for a lot of us, we're born again in baptism. Bible, uh, John, ta- Jesus talks about to Nicodemus, you must be born again of water and the Spirit. For me, Jackie, I was baptized as a baby. I was raised in the church. I've trusted in Christ as long as I remember. Well, that was my point. Yeah. I was going yeah. to get to was
2: right. that there are people who have been born yes. into Christianity yeah. that have lived and been raised in it. Yes. And don't have that life changing. No, that's
1: right. And and and. I, I, there's one guy that keeps writing me emails. He's kind of a rude guy, and he insists if you don't know the day you were saved, you're not saved. Okay. And I keep writing him back saying, show me the verse in the Bible that says that. It never says that. Yeah. Okay.
2: One more question, and then I'd like you to talk to the people about what's happening. Okay. Um, we, t- you talked about Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you break that up and define yeah. it better? I mean, is, yeah. is it wrong to say just Jesus, or mm-hmm, is it mm-hmm. always Lord Jesus mm-hmm, Christ?
1: Mm-hmm. I think you can talk say just Jesus, but real quick, the word Lord means God, and it means master. So when you talk about the Lord Jesus, you're saying, I believe he's God, contrary to the Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on your door saying he's not. Oh, yes, he is, and it's in the Bible that Jesus is God. John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, Philippians chapter 2, uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1. Lord means God and Lord and Master. Jesus means Jehovah saves in Hebrew. Joseph, you shall call the baby Jehovah saved for he shall save his people from their sins. The word Christ is not Jesus' last name, it's his title. The word Christ means Messiah, which means the anointed one, the Old Testament one who would come and save the Jews. So Lord, God, Jesus, Jehovah saves, Christ means the anointed one.
2: Okay, Pastor Brock, we've got about a minute and a half left. And instead of me really closing out the show today, Um, thank you for being with us. We pray that God will be with you and you'll continue to walk the path with us. Mm-hmm. But why don't you update our yeah. viewers about what's happening okay. and where we're at right now Great. since this has yeah. taken a new turn.
1: Well, everybody, we are. you might be watching this on cable channel six in the Twin Cities, which we've been on for 23 years. <laughs> thank you, Jackie. Uh, and you may be watching it nationally now on World Harvest Television, WHTV, we're on Sunday mornings, 8.30 central time across the country. I think it's channel 367. So you may be seeing us 8.30 central time on Sunday mornings on WHTV, or you may be seeing us on, cable, uh, on regular channel TV, channel 45 Sunday mornings at 10.30 in the Twin Cities. Jackie, this takes a lot of money. And, and it's, we've only been doing it for a few months, but we need, we need an act of God if it's gonna continue. We have enough money to do this for about four more months it costs us about believe it or not fifty thousand dollars every six months to do what we're doing and if you believe in our ministry and god would nudge you would you pray about um helping you can go to pastorstudy.org you can uh, see how to donate and give online um pray for us that's the main thing we, we know god is a big god and if he wants us to continue it will so pastorstudy.org i can preach at your church i preach around the country you can go to pastorstudy.org as well so Thanks for uh, watching, everybody. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the Pastor Study, PO Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you today and always. Interested in purchasing this show or a past show on DVD? How about an audio CD from the Pastor Study on radio? Or perhaps you simply want to watch a past show from our archives. You can do this and many more on our website. We invite you to visit us at www.pastorstudy.org.